when this player's career is over, his numbers will be remarkable. Maybe the best ever. This team will be a World Series contender. I know what I'm doing tomorrow, next year, and... Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! A couple of weeks ago, I highlighted three players who had very special nights. Very special things happened to them. Two of those players were on the same team and it happened on the same night and as I brought that podcast to a close I've mentioned the fact that we know this these kind of stories will keep coming because behind these stories behind the men their families and the stories themselves is the great story writer and teller the only true God and Father Son and Holy Spirit ordain whatsoever comes to pass And then I close by saying whatsoever, sometimes resulting in tears of sadness and heartache, and other times in tears of joy and thanksgiving. And then, of course, I ended by saying, but that's a conversation for another day. Well, today is that day. But whereas then, a couple of weeks ago, I focused more on tears of joy and thanksgiving, Today, it's going to be more of the tears of sadness and heartache. Now, some of you may know that along with this weekly podcast that I do in the bullpen, I drop something six days a week, Monday through Saturday, called In the Bullpen Up and Ready. And it is usually between four and six minutes in length, and it's a biblical exhortation that comes out each Monday through Saturday. Well, last week, I believe I recorded it Wednesday and dropped it Thursday morning, I had a biblical exhortation based on the text in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. And as I did that Wednesday and Thursday, on Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday, so much of what I spoke about as it regards that text played itself out or was evidence in the game of baseball. Now, if you're not familiar with that passage, James is giving a warning. He's basically saying, all right, listen up. You who say today or tomorrow will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. And he's giving a warning. He's saying, you don't even know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor. You're here for a little while and then you vanish away. He's giving the warning about speaking in such a manner. And then he gives the correction. He says, what you ought to say instead is, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And then he warns us, that when we speak the first way, that is, we have our plans and we know they will take place, that we're boasting in our arrogance and all such boasting is evil. We need to understand that only if the Lord wills will we even be alive tomorrow, let alone being able to do this or that. And many were making this point last week in Major League Baseball. Now, of course, I don't know if any of them were making it intentionally, but they were recognizing the teaching of James chapter 4. And it's a teaching we need to be reminded of again and again. Even Stephen Tyler did so decades ago. 
He was encouraging us to dream on until our dreams come true. But then he said, sing it with me. If it's just for today, maybe tomorrow the good Lord will take you away. There is no guarantee we will be alive tomorrow, let alone accomplish this or that that we have planned. But so often we assume. Then, however, we hear an announcement like this. A couple injury things to address, obviously. And, you know, uh, Mike Trout is going to go back on the IL. So I tried to swing yesterday. It didn't go well. So we're going to put him back on the IL, give him some rest, see where that goes. And obviously Shohei left the game today. Um, we did imaging in between games. He does have a tear, uh, you know, and he won't pitch the rest of the year. So we're going to get a second opinion, go from there, but it's basically day-to-day. Obviously, he hit. So, um, you know, that's that's where we're at. That's a UCL tear? Yes. Yeah. So, again, I don't have, as far as plans and details, I don't have those yet. You know, he's going to have been in contact with his representation. Um, obviously, he hit the second game. He's played with this in 18 so, um, you know, but with that being said, we'll take it day by day and, and um, you know, see where it goes. So that was Perry Manassian, who is the general manager for the Angels. He's in his third year after a doubleheader on Wednesday. Consider this right off the get-go. The news about Trout in that announcement he just made was actually penultimate for Perry Manassian. <laughs> That tells you how difficult that had to be for him to announce, both Trout and Otani. I can't even imagine how hard it was for him. It was a huge blow to him personally, obviously, to the Angels organization and Angels fans, but it ought to be considered a blow to all baseball fans because for some period of time, we are no longer going to get to witness something that maybe has never been witnessed before. We don't know. Maybe maybe we will not get to witness it from Shohei Otani again. We do not know. As Manassian said, it's day-to-day. We'll see how it goes. You see, even though he may not recognize it, maybe he does, I don't know, we don't know, but the Lord does. That's why James says we ought to say, if the Lord wills, or Lord willing. Here's what we know. Otani has a UCL tear. He already had Tommy John in 2018. What we don't know is, is the tear partial or full? Is it going to require surgery? How long will he be out of pitching? We know he won't pitch the rest of this year. How much beyond that? We do not know. Now, he was removed in the second inning of game one of a doubleheader with arm issues, and he's been having some arm issues, arm fatigue and the like, for a little while. Between games of the doubleheader, he had the imaging done, and he got the news that he had a tear. And yet, he was the DH in Game 2 of that doubleheader. And he asked, or maybe even demanded, to be the designated hitter in that second game. Bob Nightingale put this out on social media. The legend continues. Minutes after Shohei Otani was informed he had a torn UCL, potentially costing him hundreds of millions in free agency, he insisted on DHing in Game 2 of the doubleheader. You think he loves the game? I'd say so. Man, that's impressive. 
Now, he's talking about potentially costing him or losing hundreds of millions in free agency. Prior to this happening last week, there were estimations that he would sign a contract anywhere from $500 million to $700 million, probably over the course of 10 years. Now, what's it going to be? We don't know. I know a couple of things. If I was the person, whether it's Otani or anybody else, that had to hand out a multiple hundred million dollar contract to somebody, it would make me very nervous. But I will say this, as much as I thought about Shohei Otani before this, not only his extreme talent, but the way he plays the game, his joy, everything, I think even more about him now. I mean, consider, he just finds out that there is something significantly wrong, possibly a second Tommy John surgery, He recognizes, just as much as anybody else, it's going to impact what he signs for as a free agent. And he doesn't whine. He doesn't complain. He doesn't pout. He doesn't say, I need time to clear my... He insists, according to Bob Nightingale, to DH in Game 2. That is phenomenal. Now, the next day, Thursday... On MLB Network, John Morosi had this to say. This was obviously the news that none of us wanted to hear. Uh, I think my my emotions last night were, A, one of concern yeah. for Shohei and what this means for his near-term and long-term, and B, also gratitude for what he's been able to do for so long because uh, we are reminded now that none of this is promised or guaranteed. The UCL tear, as revealed by Perry Minazzi and the Angels GM after the game, um, we don't know yet for sure if he's going to have surgery. Obviously, uh, that is one of the options uh, in front of the Angels and Shohei. Uh, He will not pitch again for the rest of this season. Uh, He does hope to continue playing as a DH. So that is the the positive side, I guess, for now, is that he's still able to play. And certainly, as Perry Manazian described this, Lauren, it's just extraordinary that he got the news about the UCL between games and then goes out and has a great game offensively in Game 2. He is an extraordinary person, a great performer, great athlete, great ball player, all of these things. And now I think the concern of the baseball family goes to him in wondering what is next. Uh, we understand, in a larger sense, the financial ramifications of, of what he was likely looking at had he ended the season dominant on the mound and, and with all the momentum towards free agency. Now, candidly, We don't know. Does he go back to the Angels? Does that make it more likely? These are all questions for another time. But I I do think that the last 24 hours have brought a significant amount of sobering news for the Angels. So again, here John Morosi. Intentionally or not, he's saying, if the Lord wills. And he reminds us of something. We should have gratitude. Gratitude. We should be thankful for what we have been able to watch and never take it for granted. And as Morosi said... We are reminded none of this is promised or guaranteed. That's why James tells us we ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But again, don't miss the importance of being grateful for what we have had and realize that there's no guarantee that we're going to get it tomorrow. Now, Shohei Otani has been on everybody's radar for a very long time, but especially this year because he is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Now, there's another man that was once on everybody's radar, and maybe less so lately, kind of fallen out of it, but nonetheless, a huge announcement came out by him. 
Steven Strasburg, who is 35 years old, has announced that he will be retiring from baseball. Right now, there's a tentative scheduled press conference on September the 9th. Strasburg was the first overall pick, number 1-1, for the Nationals in 2009. And when he was drafted out of San Diego State University, he was considered one of the most highly regarded prospects in the history of baseball. Drafted in 2009, made his Major League debut a year later in 2010 against the Pirates. In that debut, he pitched seven innings, gave up four hits, two runs, did not walk a batter, and struck out 14. And so in his Major League debut, everything that was thought about him, all that was anticipated about him, came very, very clear. And it's like, yes, this is something extremely special. And he most definitely was. But then, in August of that same year, we found out he needed Tommy John surgery. He had the surgery. He came back in uh, 2012 and pitched, but was shut down. If you remember this, he was shut down toward the end of the season because they had a limit on the innings that he was going to pitch. The Nationals were a very good team. He shut down. They lose to the Cardinals in the NLDS. But he comes back after that year and has success, as do the Nationals. In particular, in 2019, Strasburg had a great season. The Nationals, a better season in the fact that they were World Series champs. And then prior to the 2020 season, Strasburg signs a seven-year, $245 million contract with the Nationals. Since that, so 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023, he has pitched a total of 31 and a third innings. And he has dealt with multiple injuries. The most significant, I would say, is the thoracic outlet syndrome. And so here a man who came in as a a once-in-a-generation type talent and something we got to enjoy and see at times now is retiring from the game. Now somebody put this out this week after hearing this and they made a comparison of Strasburg through his age 30 season with some others. And Strasburg through his his age 30 season had a 3.17 ERA and a 36.6 F4, Fangraph War. Some people, and I'd probably fit in that category, don't put a lot of weight into that, but nonetheless, that's what it is. Now, consider these comparisons. Remember, 3.17 ERA for Strasburg through age 30. Roy Halladay, Hall of Famer, 3.63. Bob Gibson, Hall of Famer, 3.13. Tom Glavin, Hall of Famer, 3.45. Max Scherzer, first ballot Hall of Famer when he's done, 3.46. And again, in F4, Steven Strasburg surpassed all of them. So he was a very special talent. And that should have been, again, should have been, according to our way of thinking, only the first half of his career. He's on his way to bigger and better things after age 30. Now, somebody who played Major League Baseball wrote this. He was cursed by the baseball gods when his agent Scott Boris shut him down when the Nationals were going to the playoffs. You never know if you get another chance. Well, that's true. You never know if you get another chance. Lord willing, you will. But it's not the baseball gods, but the only true God. And if the Lord wills, we'll be alive tomorrow. If the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. 
if the Lord wills, Strasburg would have had many years of success in the big leagues after age 30. Well, Wednesday was when we heard about Otani. I believe it was Thursday when Strasburg made the announcement. And so we can go for the trifecta here as it regards last week in baseball and the injuries. We heard this on Friday. Fell off the mound there on 102. Felix going to take a little extra time here after that stumble. James McCann will come out. Now Brandon Hyde and Brian Ebel, the Orioles head athletic trainer, will as well. And Felix Bautista is going to leave this game with a strike to go. This is a real heart-in-your-throat kind of moment. So Felix Bautista was closing out the game for the Orioles against the Rockies. As you heard, they had a one-run lead. He was one strike away from the save, and something happened. And they took him out of the game. And then they announced that it is some degree of a UCL injury. And again, as of this morning, I didn't have any more details than that. But Bautista is arguably the best reliever in baseball right now. He was an all-star this season. And on the season so far, 8-2 and two record with 33 saves, a 148 ERA. And get this, 61 innings pitched, 110 strikeouts. So first it's Otani, then it's Strasburg, then it's Batista. And of course, we still have to listen or hear, find out what's going on with Otani and Batista. Now, as I mentioned the up and ready from James chapter 4, and the fact that we ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. It's important, and I mentioned it when I did the biblical exhortation. It doesn't mean we should not prepare and plan. We should, always. That's our responsibility. We should always do all our preparing and planning, however, recognizing only these things will take place if the Lord wills. To think about a proverb, and I, I believe I brought this up in the Up and Ready, The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. So, like everything else, God is sovereign over injuries and careers in Major League Baseball, or Minor League Baseball, or Little League Baseball. However, that being said, it doesn't mean that we say, que sera, sera, what will be, what will be. We have the responsibility of preparing the horse for battle. And that begs a question in baseball generally, in Major League Baseball in particular. Are we properly preparing these horses for battle? You see, again, so-and-so will do such-and-such. I can't wait to see him five years from now. We've got to guard against that and say, Lord willing, but we have the responsibility to properly prepare and plan. Is that what's going on? And the reason I ask is because I just gave three pitchers And three injuries, one pitcher whose career is now coming to an end, the other two we have to see what it's going to mean, but injuries are at an all-time high. Last time I read, over 50% of Tommy John surgeries are performed on teenagers. So we have to ask what's going on at the amateur level. And I've seen some things that make me think I could give some answers. But then when we turn our attention to the major league level, We see it big time. Now, I've mentioned Kevin Kernan uh, a few times uh, on this podcast. He writes great articles every week for Ball 9. And as an aside, before I get to something that he wrote this week, 
Another man that does great articles that you ought to check out is Rocco Constantino. He writes articles as he interviews former players and writes about their life story as well as their story in Major League Baseball. And I was privileged and honored to be interviewed by him a little over a month ago, and he, and he wrote a very kind and, and good article that involved me. But every week, it's somebody different. So I would encourage you to check out Ball 9, Kevin Kernan, and Rocco Constantino. But Kevin Kernan this past week was writing about the injuries, and he wrote about the fact that he's still amazed that so many pitchers do their, he puts it in quotes, work on flat ground when they pitch off a mound when it's for real. And again, as a pitcher and a pitching coach, I would agree that that needs to be addressed. It needs to be considered. He says, but that's just me, I guess. He also says, I'm surprised they don't run as much as they once did to keep their legs strong. When the legs go in a game, command disappears. Again, as a pitcher and a pitching coach, I agree 100%. And not only does command disappear, but when the legs go, you're now putting more stress on the arm. A trainer that I worked with that is, I believe, very intelligent, also has a background in strength and conditioning, would always say to the pitchers, gentlemen, legs and lungs, legs and lungs. And I think we're missing some of that. But then he talked about Leo Mazzoni, the pitching coach for the Braves for such a long time when they were so very, very good. And I actually heard a podcast with Kevin Kernan and Leo Mazzoni. And he says, Braves pitching coach Leo Mazzoni who somehow kept all the Braves pitchers healthy all those years, told me that pitchers need to throw more, not less. Again, I would agree with Leo Mazzoni. He also said, now get this, he also said no one from a current Major League Baseball front office has ever called him to pick his brain about anything. Ever. Amazing. Kernan continues, as of Saturday this season, Players have missed a stunning 17,422 days because of injury, and owners have had to pay out $341,295,283 while those players sat on the injured list. And then he writes, almost 18,000 days and more than $341 million. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. And these numbers, and these numbers of days lost and money lost, keep going up daily. These numbers, along with what I find to be almost unbelievable, the lack of any current Major League front office ever calling Leo Mazzoni, to me, it's a clear indication. A clear indication that things need to change, and they need to change soon. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for listening.